Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. How's it going today, Taylor? Awesome. Just uh, finished a, a great recording with uh, Connor Kelly. And yeah, that agent Kelly. That yeah. was a, that's an awesome. He's an inspiring dude. Yeah, he is ambitious, transparent, authentic. Like, uh, yeah, got a lot of energy after chatting to him. I feel like now I'm analyzing my life, trying to cut out, you know, bad habits and vices. I mean, yeah. he's not wrong. <laughs> I'm looking at my coffee with cream in it thinking, yeah. 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 No, he was, he was great. Um, I mean, obviously crushing it. Yeah. Invests a lot in himself. Yeah. Some pretty important stuff. From, uh, lives in Abbotsford agent in Fraser Valley. Uh, yeah. Super active on social media, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. You should follow him. He's a, he's a good follow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Enjoy that episode. Well, we just wanted to touch base quickly as well. So June 7th was the last bank of Canada announcement. They did raise it. 25 basis points. So a, a quarter percent, um, that affects anyone in a, a variable mortgage, um, not a fixed it's different than the bond market, which, you know, was kind of fluctuating quite a bit in the last month, mostly that dipped because of the, the banking system in the States. And since then it's kind of been on the rise back up. The bank of Canada announcement was primarily you know, due to, well, they have it eight times a year, obviously, but the increase was primarily due to the inflation report that came out recently. Increase in inflation by 0.11%. Yeah, obviously there's that inflation issue that they've been dealing with for the last year. Like it is a serious issue, but for a report to come out and then it is only increased by 0.11% and then they increase the interest rate on the overnight is, is a bit ridiculous to me, you know, it just shows the volatility of the bank of Canada. Economists were pretty divided. Like obviously no one knows really where you're going with these decisions. The frustrating part for me is that to me, they're chasing their tail. So they're trying to curb inflation by increasing basically the, the, the cost to reduce people's confidence in buying, right. Increase that debt load. So people can't afford as much and, and we tighten our budget, but Their inflation report includes housing costs as a monthly budget. And in that housing costs are people's mortgage. So by increasing variable rate mortgages, they're increasing the housing costs, which is in turn increasing inflation. And then they're just like continuously going, like they're chasing their tail. So I think to really analyze inflation properly, they need to take housing costs out of it. So that's kind of my bent on the situation. And further to that, they're not really slowing down the market in terms of people's purchasing power, because everyone's buying right now on like, we can only qualify people on, on fixed rate mortgages, basically, you know, because of the stress test. So the variable rate mortgage is so much higher that we're having a really hard time qualifying someone if they do want that product. So it's not really affecting anyone's purchasing power right now by doing that. I think the only thing it's affecting to try and slow down the market is the bad media attention that it will get and the lack of confidence that people have in the market now because of that rate announcement that maybe it will slow it down from just the confidence. Standpoint. Yeah. That was an interesting take. Yeah. That's awesome. 
what is the difference between the interest rates right now? Yeah, so Prime's at 6.95. There's a discount on Prime. So generally, if you're owner-occupied, less than a million dollars, you know, there might be a, a, a discount of 0.5%. If it's a rental property, not insured, it might be Prime plus 0.2%. So there's a bit of a, a spread there on the actual discount that you'll get. Um, and then fixed rates right now are in the low fives. So, um, I mean, if it's insured by CMHC and everything like that, we, we can get below 5%. So yeah, you're, you're basically looking on average of about a 2% spread, which is, is a huge yeah. payment difference. If someone stress test. So like, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens obviously on the next announcement. There was a lot of speculation that there would either be an increase on this announcement, which happened yesterday, obviously this recording is about a week late, or the announcement in July. Really, they should have probably waited until the next inflation report comes out to see where inflation's going. But you know, they're trying to be overly proactive to justify their job. Yeah. So, Do you think yeah. it'll affect the market? I think potentially it will for the next two weeks. We have very short-term memories. So this happens every rate announcement, right? People freak out for two weeks and justifiably so. Like it, it does really hurt people's budgets. Like I'm there with you. I have some variable products as well. But in two weeks from now, you know, we'll probably forget about it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to affect the market that much. Honestly, I for listings, I think it might be a bit of a bump because you're going to have people with rate holds trying to get in right while they while they have to get, reapply. What do you think about that? Uh, most of those rate holds will be on fixed. Yeah, that's right. But the, but the I mean, a fair point is fixed rates have gone up a lot in the last two to three weeks um, because of the bond market. And something had to give there. Like there can't be that big of a spread. Like there can't be that big of an inverse yield curve where like the fixed rates are down. And that's where the smart money's generally going. So if fixed rates stayed where they were a couple of weeks ago, the variable, the overnight rate had to start to come down to bridge that gap to have like a 2% spread is, is pretty big. So fixed rates came up to kind of narrow that gap, which was, you know, realistically, a, that's how it had to go. But then for them to bump the variable again, yeah, unsure what will happen next. We will see. I, yeah, I don't think there'll be a major market either way. The next announcement could create some waves, I think, but this one, I don't think is that big a deal. I think with the spring market, or well, summer market now, like it's pretty active. Um, I've been super busy the last couple of weeks with some accepted offers. I know you have as well. So I think if anything, it, it may slow down the increase, but we're, we're still moving upwards. I, I think where this will affect anything, where, where these rate increases are coming in, in the confidence is maybe in the fall and the winter where it slows down anyways. Okay. Well, enough of the boring stuff. Let's get to a more energetic conversation with Connor Kelly. Enjoy. Yeah, this is a good one. Okay, thanks for coming on today, Connor Kelly. Yes, sir. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, I've been seeing you on social media quite a bit. You're creating kind of quite a stir, so good for you. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're on the Zoom world all the way up to the Okanagan. So thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah my so pleasure, man. Absolutely. Where are, you, where are you recording out of right now? I'm recording out of my office in Abbotsford. Beautiful <laughs> day out here. Still a little bit smoky, but uh, yeah. Smoky down there? Yeah, it was super smoky yesterday. Oh. Crazy, it's not here. And usually we're the worst smoked out. I thought it was coming from you guys. No, we're, there's no fires around us, really. So, oh, it must be coming from the yeah. state somewhere then. I don't know. Maybe it's coming like kind of north above us. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, no, it sucked though. Yeah. I, I, my, my photographer missed 
a shot of the view. We were there on the weekend and he missed, yeah. like, I, I wanted to get him like a certain shot of the view. I'm selling this town home right now. And he missed it. My fault though. Cause I should have directed the situation better. Right. But we went back there yesterday to get the shot. And then of course it's like completely smogged out. We can't even get a shot of the view anymore. So <laughs> perfect. Yeah. 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 I can't, I can't imagine this is as bad as New York is right now, but uh, yeah. What's uh, going on there. Uh, I think also Canadian fires from somewhere else. So. Oh, perfect. Welcome to the uh, icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. What is your favorite Kelowna season or what's your favorite season? I like summer for sure. Summer, And then, and then second to that, probably fall because spring, it generally just pisses rain literally every single day. And then I'm not a snow guy. So, uh, summer for me followed up by, I'd say fall. Okay, nice. You've been telling both bird haters, so yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your drink of choice? Coffee, cocktail, beer, wine? Uh coffee, I'd say. I'm a coffee. I actually don't drink at all. So I'm um, definitely a coffee guy for sure. I've heard you talk about that on social media. So go like tell us about that. So what happened? You just kind of you've never drank or you just stopped drinking? happened well i was like from 23 to 25 i was drinking every weekend like most people yeah. and then i'd wake up and you'd have like anxiety and depression and you'd feel yeah. kind of shitty about it and then i kept saying like hey i'm gonna i need to stop doing this like i don't know i'm just gonna try to stop doing this but i'd never stop until like one night obviously got really drunk and i woke up i was like all right that's enough of that and then i just stopped drinking and then suddenly i started stacking weekends and then it got to a point where i had stopped for so long that i was like I'm not going to break the streak now it's I've come too far. So I literally quit for two years. My life completely took off, right? Like I went from being a plumber, quit that job, hated doing that. No offense to plumbers or anything, but in my opinion, that job sucks. And then (laughs) went from doing that to real estate and then just took off. Like my life, like everything got better. My relationship got better. My health got better. My bank account got better my mental sharpness got better. My energy got better. Everything got better. And then did really, really well my first year in real estate. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to have a drink again. So started drinking. Business took a dive. And then only drank for six months before I thought, this is the problem. Yeah. Stopped drinking again. And my business took off again. And now I'm probably seven, seven or eight months, no drinking again. And I don't think I'll ever go back, to be honest with you. So I mean, that's... now. I manage and coach a team of about 25 agents. And like, if anybody ever asked me, you know, I'm struggling, what should I do? Like, that's the advice. It's not about real estate. If you literally just stop doing all this shit, your your life will get instantaneously better. It is the easiest fix, right? Everyone's like, what do I need to add to my life to make it better? It's not about adding stuff. It's about removing stuff that you're already doing. That's harming your life because everybody has good habits for the most part. They just have, bad habits that are getting in the way of the good ones. So just cut out the bad ones. That's true. Do you have other habits you've, you've cut out as well? Everything. Like I would smoke, smoke weed, drink all that stuff. So I've stopped all of it. And then eating like shit is the, is the worst one actually, because now I can sleep six and a half hours. It feels like I slept 10 because when you eat like crap and then you go to bed, instead of your body resting, it's trying to metabolize all the crap in your stomach. So your body's not actually resting. And that's why you wake up groggy and just absolutely dead tired. So now that I fixed my diet, I have way more energy too. 
So yeah, that taken care uh, of. I'm, I'm kind of getting the idea that your bad habits were directly related to when the market really cooled off. And now that you've, you've gotten back on track in the last six or seven months, the market's picked up back up again. So we can thank you for that. One. Yeah. Like, I mean, the market cooling down was obviously a big reason why my business took a dive, but also once I started drinking and stuff again, then that comes through in my content, right? Like people can feel that I'm not as confident they can feel that I'm not as aligned with what I'm trying to do in my content, right? So once I cut all that stuff out, suddenly all my content starts going viral again, right? Like I literally for like six months, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I can't get anything to go viral. All my views are shit. People have like stopped commenting on my stuff. The second I cut all that stuff out, everything is viral again, 15K, 10K, 12K, 8K. So it's just, yeah, I mean everybody's all like, I kept thinking like, is it like the algorithm? Is it this? How do I do this? And how, and then you kind of change it from how do I make this work to who's going to make it work? Like who's the person that's going to make it work instead of how do I make it work? Right. All right. Next question. Also, we can do this one for Abbotsford, but if you have 12 hours, if you have 12 hours left before you leave Abbotsford forever, what are you doing? What are you doing at Abbotsford? Mm, I'm probably going to go to Bavaria's the restaurant there. It's a sick restaurant. It's a hole in the wall. It's one of those holes in the wall. It just looks like yeah. trash from the outside, but it's so dope on the inside. It just has like an amazing atmosphere and everything. So uh, I have high praise for Bavaria. And then what else would I do? I don't know. Probably like... Fire up some TikToks. Yeah, I literally, I'd probably shoot some TikToks and just keep working and doing what I'm doing right now until it's time to go, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> don't change anything it means you're living that, the rest of you yeah that just means you're living a life if you're like i wouldn't do it a single thing different yeah. yeah man i enjoy it to be honest with you i i really do like what i do right now so i mean to me it's it's more fun than fun okay if you could uh buy a property in british columbia in the next 12 months where would it be and what would it be a 1970s split level home on at least a 7,000 square foot lot in kamloops that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah, you want to break that down a little bit more for us? That's well, it's going to specific, but it's it's going to cash flow right off the bat, right? So, Kamloops, I know they have that TRX or TMX pipeline going on and people are worried about the rents dropping after that project's done. Yeah. Um, definitely a concern, but I mean, you're buying a detached house for 650 to 700,000 that's going to rent for 4500 bucks a month plus right now, so it's pretty safe right? Like even if rents go down, you're still going to cash flow. Like they'd have to completely crash off the face of the earth. And then the 7,000 square foot lot, like obviously if you get 7,000 square feet and up, that's going to give you lots of options in the future to do a subdivision, possibly do a duplex if they rezone or the OCP changes or whatever. You're just going to have more options in the future with that lot size than you would with you know a 5,000 square foot lot. Yeah. And then um, with the 1970s detached house, I don't want to pay for the structure itself. Like I want the structure to be completely past its economic life, but still usable so I can rent it out. The problem with buying like a 2015 house or 2009 build or whatever, you're still paying for some of the structure, which is going to depreciate. So if you buy the 1970 split level home, you're not really paying for any of the structure. You're just kind of paying a little bit more than the lot value, but you're still getting the cash flow from the house, right? So that's my thought process on that one. How'd you come up with that? Are there other people that um, you're working with that are doing the same strategy or like, it's very specific. You've obviously done your research on it. Typically life is about options, right? So I'm about to go off on a tangent here, but money doesn't buy happiness, but money brings options and options brings you happiness. 
So that's why I like a 1970 split level home on a minimum 7,000 square foot lot is because it provides options in the future. I have a bunch of different ways I can take that investment later on in life, right? Or I can just keep holding it, let somebody else buy it and knock it down or whatever, right? Now, Kamloops, I've been looking at for a long time. It reminds me a lot of, I bought an investment property in Windsor, Ontario in 2019. That area was growing really fast at the time, but property values were extremely cheap. Like I bought this house for 150K and it's worth like 350 today. It was probably worth like five something at the peak, right? Like the rents in comparison to the price you have to pay, very similar. There was a lot of economic growth and population growth coming to that area at the time. And all the stuff that I saw there, like now Windsor like doesn't even cash flow because prices have gone up there so much, right? Kamloops, I kind of see a lot of similar stuff as what I saw out of Windsor, Ontario. And typically rents are like a leading indicator for prices. Like if you look, if you just use like the lower mainland as an example, you could have bought a condo in downtown Vancouver in the 90s, probably would have cash flowed. Then Vancouver lost the cash flow. Then the cash flow was in Burnaby. Burnaby lost the cash flow. Then it went to Coquitlam. And that literally went all the way down to like now hope doesn't even cash flow, right? And that's because investors start with the cash flow there, they need places to park money. They park money in those places because they cash flow and that bids up the price. And then now that there's no cash flow there, right? So if you just look at cam loops with rents as high as they are, I'm willing to bet that at some point cash flow isn't going to exist there. Just same thing happened in Kelowna too, right? Either rents are going to come down or the prices are going to go up. And there's a lot of room for rents to come down before you're in trouble with that investment. And there's a lot of room for prices to go up. So I think it's pretty safe. We call it our area, like in Kelowna and also Kamloops, I guess, is a pressure relief spell from when the market's going crazy in the lower mainland. Like you'd go like things that are going wild in the lower mainland, you come here and you can buy twice as much place for the same amount of money. Right. So like we're kind of, when things get too hot, we get busier and yeah, we kind of always think about it that way. So totally. And I'm so like, that's the other thing with Kamloops, right. Is so immigration is that record highs, but not only that, migration, right? Like now with how unaffordable the lower mainland is, and even Kelowna is getting super unaffordable. Like where's the next place people are going to have to move to, to chase that affordability. I think Kamloops, like places like Kamloops and all those smaller cities like Merritt and Vernon and stuff like that are probably going to see some pretty big growth. Yeah. yeah and geographically it's located so well, but it's got a river tournament capital of BC or Canada. Tobiano, great golf. Yeah, exactly. There are some good spots there. Well, and there's it's also like becoming a lot less necessary to have to live close to a major city now, right? Like 10, 15 years ago, if you wanted to make good money, you had to have like a white collar corporate job or run a business. Now you can make YouTube videos from your office and make a million dollars a year, right? And a lot of people are getting those jobs. You know what I mean? A lot of people are just working from their computers. So you don't have to live right in downtown Vancouver anymore to make good money. Right? We talk about that in Kelowna all the time. Like we're a dis- destination city and so many people are behind a laptop for their job. So you can live where you want to live in a recreational area and then also work wherever else you want to work. Exactly. And COVID put that on steroids, right? Like COVID made everybody, like made everyone realize that you, all you need is a laptop and you can really work anywhere you want. Exactly. Right. So. I think areas like that, any anywhere affordable, basically where the weather isn't completely terrible, is going to see 
some pretty good growth, right? So are you saying you wouldn't go to Edmonton or? I wouldn't go to Edmonton. I probably wouldn't go anywhere north of like you guys, like up there and like, what are they, all the places that start with Fort are a big no for me. Yeah. What about Fort Langley? Oh, Fort Langley I'll do. Uh, but even Fort Langley is like two and a half million bucks. So yeah, how'd you, how'd you kind of start your business? Like obviously, you know, you have a lot of good habits. Now you said you're managing a, a team of 20, 20 people like 25 i think 24 or 25 um and so how long have you been in real estate to to get to that point it'll be two years in like a month and a half two months sorry that's crazy really so you're uh, lost two years in yeah yeah just renewed my license i think it's officially renewed like first week of august or something like that oh wow wow yeah and did you that. have like a path did you have goals milestones that you wanted to achieve one <laughs> yeah two years out or did it just all of a sudden happened you were managing 25 people so what happened was i had wrote on my like i was like journaling or whatever at the time like bart simpson like 400 times i want to do eight deals in my first year and i just wrote it like 400 times i ended up doing 57 in that first year so i did not plan for what happened to happen right like when i started the social media thing i was coming from a place of like i'm going to build a personal brand it's going to take five years but I'm just going to put out the content consistently. And for the listeners who don't know, like I do TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and I post uh, content. That's how I'm on this podcast. But I had planned for it to take three to five years, basically. I didn't plan to do any business from social media. I planned to like slowly build a personal brand. And then uh, I started on this TikTok thing. And at that time, there was like two other agents doing it, maybe three. It was like Alex Dunbar, Daniel Deho, and then like Cam Manning were like the three other realtors who were doing it that I saw anyways. So it was pretty untapped. It was pretty untapped at that time. So I started just putting out TikTok. The second video I put out went viral. got like 150,000 views. I was just talking about that investment property I own in, in Windsor. And then after that happened, I was like, that's a lot of views. Like, I don't know if this is going to translate to business, but like 150,000 people just watch something that I said. So I'm going to keep posting on this and see what happens. And then a month later, the phone just started ringing and then it just never stopped ringing. And now I just don't, I don't do any outreach. I don't do any cold calling. I door knock with the team sometimes. Right. Uh, but other than that, all my stuff just comes through social media now. And it's cause I've stayed consistent. Like the problem with social media is you have to be consistent. You cannot miss. Like if you look at these people who are have like a million subscribers on YouTube, they never miss a YouTube video. They've never missed a YouTube video. Even when they go on vacation, they'll post it from their iPhone, right? Yeah. And agents think it's okay to just miss a day. Oh, I just won't post today because I'm sick or I just won't post. So like when I watch them, I'll be like, oh, like one day ago, three days ago, eight days ago. Like that's how their like posting schedule looks. You can't do that. You can't miss if you're going to be successful on social media. That's just the way it is. And it's honestly, it's the same with everything though. It's the same with going to the gym. It's the same with cold calling, all that stuff. So I think I missed two days since I started my TikTok basically two years ago. And oddly enough, those two days I was drinking, right? So go figure. And uh, I missed two days since I started. And other than that, I have posted two to four TikToks every single day. Uh, and even my YouTube now, since I've started posting three times a week, like eight months ago, I have not missed. Um, and then Instagram post every single day. So that's basically the secret sauce is like, I went into it with a long-term mindset of I'm going to do this for years. Luckily for me, it took off right away, but I didn't go into it with that mindset. 
Good for did you. you have any like coaching or education on how to figure out social media or did you just literally say, okay, I'm just going to do this every day and learn as you go. I picked up a lot of tips and tricks from like Gary Vee and stuff. He was kind of the one that pointed me into that kind of realm, but like basically what, what it comes down to man. And like, people don't like to hear this, but what it comes down to is like, I can teach you how the algorithm works and what hashtags to use. And like, three tips why you should blah, blah, blah. And like all the hooks and all, but like none of that shit matters, right? Consistency. It's the consistency, but it's also who you are as a person. I'm just a better person than you do. That's that's what it is, dude. It's like, it's not how, right? It's not that I have some secret sauce of like, I found this loophole in the algorithm or like whatever, right? It's like people listen to you because of who you are. A lot of people try to find ways around the algorithm and they'll blame the algorithm for why the content isn't being pushed and stuff like that. It's just like, it's just because you're making bad content. Like the algorithm is not against you, man. It's just like, it's not that into you. Yeah. Like the algorithm is there to, to, to push out good content. So if you yeah. make good content, it's not just going to like shadow ban you. So your yeah. stuff is not seen. Right. So uh. At the end of the day, what, what I focused on mainly, like I've already touched on this, is just like making me better. If, I ma- if, if I'm building a personal brand, the only thing that really matters within the personal brand is the person, yeah. right? So just focus on making the person better instead of like, how do I like hack the algorithm and like all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But it, it does help. Like, don't get me wrong. Knowing how to use the algorithm and knowing the hashtags and knowing how to hook in a video, that all that stuff does matter it's just not as important as the person who's utilizing that stuff and never missing a day i guess so and never missing a day but that goes back to who you are too because that's habits right and people can see that stuff people can see your habits they see that you are not missing right so it's like well if he doesn't miss a single day on posting probably going to treat my listing like that too right yeah yeah Man, you're, you're, you're dropping some, some gold. I love the, like building a personal brand, just work on the person. Cause that is what you're, you're selling there. That's yeah. what you're trying to do. That's what you're selling. Right. So what, so what happened when you, when you were a plumber before, like, was there like a day did the pipe burst on you or like what happened? You're like, I guess I'm not doing this anymore. I'm changing my life. I'm going into real estate. Like, that's a good question, man. I had, I had many days like that, man. How like, long were you a plumber? Almost nine years. Oh, wow. okay. So it's like me and my buddy who we worked at this company where it was like, we worked more hours than anybody out there. And it's like some of the stuff we did is so ridiculous. Even when it comes out of my mouth, like when I'm telling somebody about what I used to do, I'm like, I sound like I'm lying right now. (laughs) But like, like I had shifts where I worked 32 hours straight. And I'm like, in the back of my van at three in the morning, looking for some part amongst 5000 parts. And I'm just like, you know, when you're like a toddler and you get like so mad and frustrated that you just like start like crying. I'm like yeah. in the back of my van, like crying, looking for this part at three in the morning. And I've had like probably like 10 to 15 of those shifts in plumbing. I wouldn't say there was one job where I was like, all right, enough of this. It was just like accumulated of just like, why am I doing this? Like I'm destroying myself. Like my knees are done. My back is done. And I was making good money. Don't get me wrong. Like six figures is is good money. But I just knew that to get to where I want to go, it was still going to take like 15 years. And like, I literally, like I hated doing it. So I'm like, why am I going to hate my life for 15 years before I start liking my life? Like, why don't I just start liking my life right now? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I'll just go do something that I actually enjoy doing right now. 
right? I, honestly, I have a very similar, I use alignment. Like I was a telephone lineman, a fiber optic splicer. It was the same thing, making six figures, a lot of money, working lots of hours and just thinking, this sucks. I hate every minute of doing this. Like I need to do something yeah. better. And now I look at my life and I just cannot believe the things I'm doing. Right. Like I, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this and getting paid quite well to do this thing. Right. I, totally. I, I feel like so grateful about where I, I almost needed that experience in my life to be grateful for where I'm at now. Cause I talked to other agents that don't always get the same vibes, right? Like this one agent, we were taught in the middle of a negotiation and like we were talking about furniture and the woman says, the other agent says, I don't get paid enough to talk about furniture. And I was like, Oh my, I was like, I would talk to you all weekend long about furniture right now. Like you don't realize what real people do for a living, right? Yeah. Like, totally that came out of your mouth. So like, I just, I totally, I sympathize with that so much. And I'm very grateful to even get to do like even things like this podcast, right? Like, would you ever do a podcast in the middle of a day with a plumber or a lineman? Like, no, it's, it's so amazing, nice. man. Yeah. I love it. I know. And I'm super, super grateful about it. And I, yeah, obviously you are too. And yeah. I, it was great that we were exposed to that because then it makes me yeah. appreciate this on a whole nother level. Like there was days in my plumbing van where like I would sit there and fantasize about me just sitting in like a nice car in nice clothes and driving around to showings. I'm not even fantasizing about making money. I'm just like fantasizing about the fact that I'm not doing what I'm doing right now. Like that would be so much better if I wasn't just like covered in people's shit. And like, like working 15 hours and just being exhausted to the point where I can't hold a proper gym schedule and stuff like that. Like I would literally yeah. just fantasize about just like driving in a nice car and like nice clothes. Right. We're going out for like a nice lunch on a Thursday or something like that. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Like things like that are like, I feel like there's yeah. going to be 20 new real estate agents tomorrow and they're all plumbers. So you know, <laughs> well, like if you, a lot of people become an agent and don't like being an agent. It's like, it's just, I just happen to love being an agent. Obviously, yeah. too. So like, I just found something i like to do. So, right. So like, yeah, like plumbing, I imagine plumbing would be like awesome to do that. But if you don't like it, then it's some people like working with their hands. Right. Yeah. And more yeah. power to you. Like, again, like I'm not putting down the industry. I'm just telling you that I hate it. Right. That doesn't mean you have to hate it. I'm just saying that I did. Right. <laughs> To bring it back to your writing, you want to sell eight houses in the first year. What are you writing now? Like, what's what's the next goal? What's where are you going? Mm, that's a good question. I almost don't even want to say it, but I want to be the most well-known agent in Canada because in Canada, because what I figured out is that if you have enough eyeballs on you, yeah. it's impossible to fail as long as you know what to do with those eyeballs, right? Because like the accountability factor like you don't want to let them down there's a lot of that too yeah right like that's a big reason why i don't want to miss a post because there's people out there expecting me to post right and i let them down if i don't do that but no it's just like if you have enough eyeballs like the thing with a personal brand is like at at any time if i'm just like i don't want to be a real estate agent anymore i'm gonna go start a clothing line i could probably be successful in that if i had enough eyeballs right So that's the beautiful thing about a personal brand. So that's kind of my goal. I don't know how many, you know, uh, I don't really have a dollar sign on it or anything like that. But that's honestly been my goal since day one. Like when I first got my license, I was get as many people as possible to know who I am. And that's why I went on TikToks because it had the highest reach at that time. And that's still my goal today. It's just now it's a clearer vision than what it was at the beginning. Awesome. I love that. That's yeah. High goals, you know, like, and then 
you set the goal high, then even if you only get halfway there, you're still still pretty good. Yeah. So like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. But let's pin this episode so that uh, holds you to that decade. Yeah, please. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll resurface it right when you get in your peak. Like, listen to this. I know if he was on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. What do you do for like, obviously you're doing goal planning and stuff. Do you do personal development? Do you have a, a coach or anything like that? Like what- I do. So I have uh, Wes Watson's actually my coach. So I don't know if you know who that is. He's like huge bald Jack guy with tattoos. He's in prison for like 10 years. Currently in prison or was in prison? Was in prison. Okay. Now he's been out for five years. He makes like 20 something million dollars a year now selling coaching. Yeah. I respond better to compression. There's a two, there's two types of coaching. There's compression and compassion. So compression is, <laughs> yeah. Like compassion is like, you know, like, Oh, you tried your best. You did really well here. This is what I'd like to see better. He's compression where he's just like, dude, you're an idiot. You think yeah. you're good at this. You're trash. Right. So I respond a lot better to that. And he's, that's his whole thing. Right. So I hired him as my coach. It's been life-changing so yeah. far. And, um, you know, he preaches the whole, it's who you are, not how to do it. Right. It's who is going to become the, the most well-known agent in Canada, not how do I become the most well-known? It's who actually becomes the most well-known, nice. right? So I'm focused on just making me better and, you know, investing as much as I can back into me. Like I actually, so my fiance showed me this. Apparently there's like veneers you can get. It's called bonding, right? So like you guys know what veneers are, right? You have to like shave down your teeth and then they like put fake teeth over the teeth. Well, yeah. this bonding one is like, they just like add I don't know what they do, but they like make your teeth more like symmetrical somehow by doing this bonding yeah. process. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to go get it done. It's going to cost like a couple grand or whatever. But in my opinion, I'm like, that's investing in me. That's a one-time yeah. expense in myself that pays dividends forever. Right. So uh, I'm like, I'm like, you should always uh, like anytime there's an investment where you pay it once and then you get the returns from it forever. Yeah. You should take that investment. Yeah. Right. So what the second I heard about this teeth thing, I'm like, wait, I do this once. And then it's like, my teeth are way better forever. I'm going to, I'm paying for that hundred percent. I can't wait to see you post up with your perfect grill here in the next I'm be smiling in every single picture. <laughs> I, like I don't even smile, but I'll just be smiling all the time for no reason now. Yeah. That's awesome. You have a good uh, mindset on everything. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So how'd, uh, how'd you get connected with Wes then? Dude, I, I saw him on a podcast And then I didn't even like the guy, to be honest, to start, right? I thought he was just like super obnoxious and just like screaming at people and stuff all the time. But then I watched more of his stuff and I started to kind of understand his message. And I was just like, hmm, all right. So I'm going to reach out to this guy. And then... uh, I am a masochist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He texted me back right away. Like I asked him about his payment processor. He lost his mind on me. He got so pissed. He like called me up and like reamed me out for like eight minutes straight. Uh, <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just pay for the coaching. Right. So do you have, like, like, a like, chain or something I can work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, that's how I got connected with them. And uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's he's That guy's the real deal for sure. You guys should definitely go check out his content after this. If you haven't seen it already. Where, is he out of? Where does he live? Florida, Miami. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's got a crazy story. He's blowing up right now. He's going to be one of the most famous people in the world very shortly, for sure. Second most famous in Canada, I heard. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Around these ends. (laughs) 
Do you want to give us a high level view of uh, what the market's like right now for you guys down there? What, um, yeah, are you seeing some yeah. pretty active stuff going on? Like, obviously, we're recording this June 8th. Bank of Canada just made an announcement yesterday. Yeah. So, how, how are things looking down in the Fraser Valley? Market has been really hot. Prices have been surging. I think things are going to start rolling over now, definitely in the detached segment. I mean, detached inventory surged like 30% in the Fraser Valley in May. And yeah. then uh, sales ratios are almost down below 20% now, like 23%, 24%. I think that's going to dip below 20% when we get the June stats. So I think we'll probably see prices tick down for detached. Uh, apartments and townhomes still really hot though. Like Langley townhomes went from a 90% sales ratio to a 70% sales ratio. So it's going to be hard to get your hands on a Langley townhome without competing for it still. Uh, same with apartments. So, but I think things are going to roll over and, you know, prices may come down a little bit. I doubt we're ever going to see those November lows again, but who knows, right? But I think at least for the short term, at least for the summer, prices will probably tick down. And then if we get a lot of inventory over the summer months, prices ticking down may continue into the fall, right? So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Fraser Valley seems to, like, they really, like, you guys really peaked and then you had a, you seem to bottom out harder than almost any other region in BC. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, just went, got hit harder. Like, we didn't, we got hit, it slowed down, but it, the prices didn't get take that much of a hit. Not like that. No, we, we got the, we got the beat down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, how much do you think it's going to be like slightly down or you think it's going to roll down pretty good or like, what do you think for the next year, for the rest of the year? I think it's going to be slightly down. I think a year from now, prices are probably still going to be slightly down. My honest opinion at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't matter. Right. Like I could be completely wrong. Right. Like this is the thing is like, I go on social media and I give my opinion and people try to argue with me. They'll be like, you're wrong about this and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, we're literally talking about something that hasn't happened yet. Like you don't know either. How are you going to argue with me? Yeah. Yeah. So with those comments, do you, you you Sometimes if they're really dumb and I can make a comment that makes them look really stupid to the public eye, then I will. But <laughs> a lot of, a lot of the times I, I just don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. What about, Connor, do you go on Twitter at all? Are you on Twitter active at all? Twitter's good. I would use Twitter, but yeah. realistically, it's really hard yeah. to, to grow on more than one platform at a time. And I'm doing three right now. So yeah. adding a fourth would just be mayhem. And Twitter's kind of different, uh, different than the other ones because, yeah, obviously you got to type it all out. But I, the reason why I ask is I just find that Twitter has the most negative market look up, outlook. Any news at all could happen, and like everyone tells you, it's come, going off a cliff every oh. time. Like, doesn't what? matter what happens. It's, this is it. Like, prices go up, it's like, oh, they're going up, they're coming down forever. Prices go down, it's like, this is just the beginning. It does not stop. Everything. It's like, oh, I, I, and TikTok's the same way. Twitter yeah, and TikTok, TikTok are very bad. similar. Instagram is not as bad. I found about that, but like, yeah, yeah, you're right about TikTok and Twitter are just they're just very like, similar. It's yeah. all the same people. The same. Yeah. It's all the people that are on Twitter are the exact same people on TikTok. I know because they repost my stuff on Twitter, and then <laughs> it'll be like six thousand people slamming me about a video that I put on TikTok on Twitter. But I can literally see the same usernames that I see on TikTok in the comments yeah. on the Twitter video that was reposted. <laughs> so it's literally just the same people just going from place to place talking bad about the real estate market. Like it's this so it's so stupid. This this is just the beginning. Do you know how I probably saw that comment six hundred times and it was November. I'm like 
This is not the beginning. The market has been selling off for 11 months. Do you guys not understand the definition of beginning? Like, even if this the market went down for two more years, this is still not the beginning. It would be 33% of the way through the correction, right? Like, um, no, I, uh, yeah, that is, that's pretty funny. Like a lot of the, the people with, uh, or some of the people with big followings on there, like just endlessly such bears on everything. It's just like, you know, at some point you're doing your audience a disservice by endlessly telling them that they're nothing but down, right? Like if the real estate, if you look in the long run, it's going up right in the long run, like maybe in the year or two year, it could go up or down, it could go down. But like at some point, like, you got to admit that real estate over time is a yo-yo on an escalator and it's going up. Yeah. Right. So like, I just, I feel like they're just doing their honest, their audience a disservice. Well, they, they are right. It's like yeah. the same reason why, like, obviously the people that are bearish on real estate always hate realtors. Like, I don't know if you've seen yeah. this phenomenon. Yeah. Right. But it's just like the reason why you hate realtors is exactly what you're doing. It's just your bias is now in the other direction. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you're not doing everybody a service when you are like, you want the market to go down. So that's all of the, the content that you put out, right? Your own personal bias is actually getting in the way of what's right. You know what I mean? So like somebody like a Steve Soretsky who gets a lot of flack, but he fluctuates with the data, right? Which is what you should do. He's bearish. The data changes, then he's bullish. Yeah. Right. But a lot of these guys are just permanently bearish all the time. It doesn't matter what the news is, any kind of news down just yeah. like this is like not right right like that's just not uh there comes a point where it's just not helping so. no it doesn't help right i mean I, and there's groups out there i won't name them you guys probably know of them where like the people in these groups have probably are probably responsible for billions of dollars of lost net worth by just like putting out negative stuff and fear-mongering over and yeah. over and over right I, so. yeah i was talking to my wife about this and i'm just like this is like how many people are not going to invest in real estate because of these stupid tweets or these stupid videos and like you're just losing out on so much stuff. And like, you can't just go on there and battle everybody, right? Like, it's just, I don't want to no. turn my into an internet hawk. But like, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I notice it so much and it's disheartening, honestly. It's not even worth it. But yeah, no, you're, you're totally, I'm, I'm dealing with the same stuff. You're so right. Like Twitter, Twitter is, Twitter is definitely probably the worst for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, TikTok is kind of a more fun vibe, but Twitter is just like it, like the things they say are like kind of serious and it's very yeah. serious, very hateful. There's a lot yeah. of hate on that app. It's yeah. it's crazy, man. Yeah. But, yeah. So, what are the three platforms you're on? Then your TikTok, Instagram, was, was YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. So that's the three that I'm focused on for now. TikTok yeah. has been the best to me by far. Yeah. What about? Are you scared at all that the government is going to like ban TikTok? Like, obviously, you heard the news in the states about them. Who was it? What one of the states banned TikTok completely? I can't remember what one that was. Yeah, I'm not worried about it because the creator economy is based on supply and demand, right? So the reason why TikTok had such high reach like two years ago is yeah. because all of these people who were consuming content went over to the platform, but all of the creators that were on Instagram, YouTube, and all these other platforms didn't want to take the time to actually learn how to use TikTok. So yeah. there was a supply demand imbalance of too many people consuming the content and not enough people creating it. Therefore, it was a lot easier for your content to get on other people's feeds, right? So yeah. what will happen if they ban TikTok is all of that demand for people who want to consume content will just go onto another platform which will make it easier for your content to be seen on whatever platform that is, which would probably be Instagram or Facebook reels. I'm not worried about it because 
it's like if the stock market crashes, the money doesn't disappear. The money just flows into another asset, right? The money will just go from stocks into gold, or it'll go from stocks into crypto, or it'll go, you get what I'm saying, right? So it's the same thing in the creator economy. So I'm I'm not I'm not worried about it. Yeah, it would suck because I built up a good following on there, but yeah. I would just that attention would go somewhere else, right? Yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen in Canada anyway, but I just uh just curious about what you thought about that. Yeah, I mean it it might, but yeah, I mean it doesn't seem like they've made any headway to actually make it happen. So yeah, I can imagine like the public would be very stoked about that. So yeah. I don't think so. TikTok is definitely better than Instagram. It's definitely more addicting than Instagram, I would say. Man, TikTok has got their algorithms tuned. Like it's it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. It's so good for businesses. Like you guys don't even understand. Like the way the algorithm works is it pushes your content out based on your IP address. So it'll show your content to everyone in your IP before it pushes it out internationally. So if you're a local business and you're not using TikTok, it is insane like how much reach you are giving up on. Like I was just I met up with an agent, we went for coffee and we we're walking down the street in Abbotsford. This was like an hour ago. Some random guy on the other side of the street's like, "Yo, that agent Kelly." He's like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "I follow, I watch all your stuff." And the agent I'm with is just like mind blown. I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that's because TikTok pushes it out to literally my city." Yeah. Every like, if I get ten thousand views, it's ten thousand people who live here, which is nuts. Where Instagram, you'll have people from like Brazil liking your stuff that don't even speak English, right? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, good point. And also the way they like they show you what you want to see, right? Like whether you know it or not, but like they have those algorithms tuned to like they yeah, it's they it's know awesome. exactly what you want to see. They keep yeah. you on there forever. Yeah. yeah. They they show you to other people too, which is like I feel like Instagram and even Twitter, not like that, where it shows it puts you in front of everybody that you have no idea, right? So I I agree with you. I think TikTok's a good uh, a good platform. Hundred percent. All right. Well, we should get to the wrap-up questions here, Connor. I know you got to get rolling. Um, Time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the ice maker section. Brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. What is the best habit or routine you attribute to your success or something you feel our listener could benefit from? No vices. Yeah, no vices. No drinking, no smoking. Cut them all out instantly. Yeah. You'll be insanely more competitive. Race. No vices. Yeah. Ice yeah. cream? How can I do that? Come on. You should get you should grab that. That should be your your motto. No vices. No vices. I that's yeah. honestly if there's one thing I can attribute my success to, it's literally that. It is that's yeah. it. Nice. Maybe we'll name our podcast episode uh, the No Vices episode. Yeah, there you go. That'd be a good one. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I might know the answer to this, but what's the best thing you've ever spent money on? Definitely the West Watch and training program, I think. Yeah. That's probably the answer you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that for sure. Yeah, that's got to be it. That or the teeth, right? Yeah, well, we'll know. We'll we'll see. Maybe we'll come back. We'll do a follow up episode when I get yeah. those teeth. We'll yeah. Connor's the most popular person in Canada. He's got the most perfect teeth. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most impactful book you've ever read? Uh, the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Yeah, um, I I've read that book probably five six times. Atomic Habits, another good one. It's basically the same thing, but I just like the way Darren Hardy packages it better. Yeah. I read the Darren Hardy one and he's always like, my mentor, Jim Rohn, my mentor, Jim Rohn. And then I just went on the Jim Rohn train and I listened to like, I think I listened to every audio book that Jim Rohn has. It always like talks. And I was like, yeah. So that Darren Hardy got me onto Jim Rohn and now I've just been obsessed with Jim Rohn. So I actually haven't even looked at any Jim Rohn. I probably yeah. should though, because everybody looks up to him like the business goat. So yeah. He is, 
Yeah, he's like very actually talks a lot like you to be honest with you, where you like just like personal work on yourself, like create the person you want to become. Like what kind of person do you have to become to get the things that you want? So right. like work on yourself to get better, right? So right. Well, now I definitely gotta check him out. Yeah, it's, it's good. he is older. Like I think he died in the nineties. So uh, oh no, I think he died in two thousand and nine. But either way, yeah. What's your favorite quote? Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. This 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 quote stuck with me forever because this actually this was the moment where I changed where everything changed for me. Yeah. I was like, you know, on YouTube where they have those like it's like some stupid motivational video where it'll be like somebody talking and it'll just be like a bunch of B roll with like text and like a sad song. So <laughs> I don't I don't watch those, but for whatever reason, one like stumbled on my feed. Like this was like in 2020, and then. It was Jordan Peterson yeah. talking over some B-roll over a sad song. And he's like, he literally said this. He said, stop doing all of the stupid shit you know you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And then that literally made me stop and think. I was like, wow. I was like, how much stupid shit am I doing right now that I know I shouldn't be doing? No stupid. Yeah. And there was like, I, I realized like the majority of my day was me doing stupid shit. So I just... <laughs> So I just cut that out. I stopped all of that. And then that's when my life just started taking off. Like three months later from that, my life was like insanely better. That easy, hey? That, I was going to say, I thought it'd be no basis, but that is basically the same thing. So it's basically yeah. the same thing, just packaged differently. Have you kind of used that into like an 80 20 rule where, like, okay, a year ago there was probably stupid shit by your definition. Now there's probably still stupid shit, but you're just like, you're continuously just getting better and better and better. Exactly. So your standards, your standards of what you think is stupid will yeah. constantly go up, right? So like my standard of what's stupid would be like going and drinking three days in a row on the weekend. That yeah. was stupid like three yeah. years ago. Now my standard of stupid is like, oh, dude, I went like 12 grams of carbs over my daily macros. I'm an idiot, right? Like that's my standard of stupid now, right? And then eventually my standard of stupid will be like, oh, I put cream in my coffee this morning, right? Like it'll just like keep increasing, right? I love it. Yeah, you have a escalating bar to hold, hold yourself to. That's awesome. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, Connor, it's been awesome having you on and talking to you. Uh, what can our listeners do to help you or like, Anything in each show you want to do or anything like that? Just give me a follow at that yeah. agent Kelly, all one word. Uh, yeah. Kelly spelt K E L L Y. Just give me a follow. Shoot me a DM if you enjoy the episode. That's yeah. enough for me. Can't wait to have you back on and, and talk about the stupid shit. You're, you're, yeah, let's hear the most popular person in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Seriously. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. All right. All right well. It's been awesome talking to you. Have a great day. Keep coming. You too, man. Thank you. Good questions, by the way. It's a good episode. So All thanks right. for having me on, guys. Yeah, thank you. All right. Okay. Okay, bro. Okay. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.